Let me just pray for a moment. Lord Jesus, I just give this time to you. I ask for your presence, Lord, even as we know you are present here. I just pray that each of us might experience your presence and experience your personal word, Lord, to each of us. Father, I just um, ask you for guidance and direction. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I have notes, but I think I'm just going to lay those aside and just talk some. I guess there are a lot of different things on my mind, a lot of different things that I could start with. But there's a picture that's coming to mind, and I think probably most of you that know Greg and I probably know that there isn't anything that's changed our lives as much as adopting our daughter. Not simply because of the experience of adopting her, as uh, revolutionary as that was, but because of the way it's drawn us into knowing the Lord in a whole other dimension. And one of the pictures that comes to mind before I start the conversation about Brazil is um, after Anastasia had been identified, that was simply a fax that had come to the social worker in Asheboro that was working with us. And we had some information about her, but it was a decision then of whether I would travel to Russia and whether or not we would consider adopting her. And of course, with that being such a life-changing, <laughs> uh, potentially dangerous experience because my work with some of the orphans that had been adopted as working with them as a counselor, I knew that it could be a very, very difficult road. Um, not the simple, easy thing that we would all like for it to be. So I was scared. And I asked Mary, and um, at the time Amy was a roommate, if they would just do some worship music and let me pray, because when they do worship music, I hear from God. <laughs> so they were doing worship music, and I'm doubled over in prayer. And all of a sudden, God gave me an image that has stayed with me ever since then. And in that image, I saw great blackness. And I saw Jesus emerging out of that blackness with his arm around a little child. And he said, will you take her? Well, of course, the answer was yes. <laughs> but what he's been bringing to mind recently is... If he loves a little child, in that case in Russia, has his arm around her and is bringing her out of great darkness, that's how he feels about each of us too. And we just need to freshly know that our Father loves us and that we're his. So Brazil was even more experiencing that. And um, I had for some time really wanted to make this trip to Brazil. About six years ago, I had a chance, seemingly experience, uh, looking for something on the internet, 
and came across a website of a young evangelist who originally was from Argentina, but had immigrated to the U.S. and had planned to be a medical doctor, had been accepted into medical school at Baylor. But on a trip back home to his home Baptist church in Argentina, they were in full-out revival. And he was powerfully baptized in the Spirit. God spoke to him and said, I want you to be a doctor with me, seeing people healed, but not as a medical doctor. So he travels all over the world now, and in this particular clip, I saw Pakistan. And I saw the power of God moving in Pakistan. Then he was in Israel. In Pakistan, there was this incredible, enormous audience there responding to the gospel. But in the next clip, it was Israel, a much smaller group. But as I watched that, I felt the presence of the living God moving in that place. And I said to Greg afterwards, I've got to go back after the things of the Spirit. So for the past six years, that's what I've been pursuing. And I had heard that if you travel with a particular ministry, Global Awakening, to Brazil, to go to many places around the world, but they've been investing in Brazil for about 20 years now, that there, the people are on fire. Revival is taking place in that country. And this ministry moves in the gifts of the Spirit. They see a lot of healings take place. And if you travel with them, you will see that as well. And so I, I long to do that. And in December of this year, somewhat suddenly, <laughs> I um, had the opportunity to go. And it was a marvelous experience, uh, just a marvelous experience. The, the group, <laughs> there were so many layers to it. I am still unpacking layers and layers of the experience. I had no idea that it would be people from so many different nations all around the world. Uh, from as far away as New Zealand, there was one beautiful young Chinese girl that had traveled from Australia, taken her about three days to get to Brazil. <laughs> But she had come by herself, probably about 25 years old, just a wonderful young Christian woman. Uh, there were people from Poland, there were people from Slovakia, they were from uh, South Africa, from Canada, from the U.S. Uh, and it was just such a wonderful opportunity to be a part of what God was doing with people from all over. And the churches in Brazil, we were in four different Baptist churches in Brazil. And they were just on fire, uh, really just um, strong, moving in the Lord. Uh, loud music, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'd like custom earplugs if I ever go back. <laughs> love to go back. But they love their music and they love loud music. And lots and lots of young people. There was a diversity as far as age, but a huge number of young people and on fire young people. Our part, as a part of this team, was simply to pray for people at the end of the service. Uh, we were being rotated in and out of different churches so that uh, it was a large group of us, and so each of, each of us would be broken down into smaller groups, and we would have a chance to be in each of the different churches and hear different speakers that were going to be presenting in the churches, and it was morning and night fairly busy, intense schedule, and, and really neat. 
so the first day, um, hang on, I can see I'm going to get dry. <laughs> now, beforehand, we, were, we had to do a lot of reading. There was a lot of preparation that you had to sign an agreement that you had done all of that. And so we, we didn't go in with no foundation or without understanding. Uh, and they had also prayed for us the evening before individually. But the first morning, uh, as we're in the church, we've been told that there will be a number of translators, but there will not be enough translators for, for everyone, and, and things are going to be back and forth English and Portuguese, people of Portuguese, uh, language-wise. So at the end of the morning service, when people were invited to come up for prayer, there was a flood. <laughs> people came. And uh, all of a sudden, the translators disappeared into the flood at the altar, as well as most of the people that I was there with. And at that point, I'm like, Lord, what would you have me do? And I felt like he said, I want you to pay attention to the people that are sitting in their seats that have not come forward. You're going to see people that are praying and want to be prayed for. Just go to them. I'll show you. So that's what I did. And as I went to the first person, I'm just internally going, okay, Lord, now what? <laughs> they don't, you know, I assume they don't speak English. Now what? Well, as a young Christian many years ago, when I received the Lord, I also was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I received a prayer language. I felt like he said, use your prayer language. Just gently put your hands on that person and begin to pray in your prayer language until you feel my compassion and my love for the person. Once you have my compassion and my love, I'll guide you in how to pray. And that's exactly what would happen. People would begin to weep a lot harder. Sometimes they'd crumple, fall on the floor. But I would just pray as the Lord was leading. In those situations, I don't know exactly what God was doing. But he seemed to be sending me to people with broken hearts who were there praying about places of hurt and harm in their life. And I felt like he was ministering his love to them. Just like what I gave you that picture of when someone he reaches to and brings out of darkness. That was the sense that I had. There were other experiences as well. But let me stay with this type of experience for a moment. Uh, one of the nights... I had that same impression of just go to people that have not come forward, but it'll be obvious that they want prayer. And there were two young men uh, sitting next to each other, probably around 25, 26 years old, uh, very nice-looking young men, very muscular, very masculine, but they were doubled over in prayer. I went to the first one and began just praying in the Spirit, some people I would just sing over in the Spirit. I don't sing, but when the Lord gave me that prayer language many years ago, it came by singing. God is funny that way sometimes. 
But with the first young man, as I began to just pray in the Spirit and then feel God's compassion and his love for that person in his heart and prayed into that, he just crumpled over onto the floor in a heap. Like, oh my. I went to his friend, began to pray for him. The same thing happened. Went from there uh, to a different part of the sanctuary, and there was a probably middle-aged woman there that I began to pray for. And in my spirit, I felt like the Lord said she's been involved in witchcraft. A couple of forms of witchcraft that are prevalent in Brazil. We saw a lot of manifestations of the demonic. We had been told don't deal with that. That's more for a uh, deliverance team to deal with from the church. It takes more than just a quick prayer. Uh, but there were times that we also, there was nothing we could do but deal with it because it, it was manifesting. But in that particular case, as I began to pray for her, and then I felt like the Lord was saying, there's an issue of witchcraft that's causing difficulty in her life. And I, I didn't pray in anything she would have understood, just in my spirit. I'm praying in my prayer language with that in mind, and she began manifesting. So I just took authority over it, you know, in my spirit again. No, we're not going to have that. And she quieted down, and I just continued praying until I felt like there was a release there. Somewhere along in there, a young man about 16 years old uh, joined me. He uh, spoke fairly good English, uh, was Portuguese, uh, you know, going back and forth. And so he, he stuck with me. <laughs> and then I had some help to find out more about what was going on in some different situations. And uh, toward the end of the evening, when it seemed like everything was sort of settling down, he said, is there anyone else you want to pray with? And it seemed like it was time to stop, but I said, let's just look a little bit more and who's in their seats. A lot of people had left by that point, but I noticed a lady sitting at the very back by herself, no one anywhere around her at all, and she seemed very intent in prayer. I said, let's go back there. We went back to her and... Um, Ask if she would like prayer, and yes, she would very much like prayer. And because I had a translator, I said, what would you like prayer for? She said, I'm losing my eyesight. She said, I can only see with a blur, and I've been told that I'll be blind within a year. And so we had been told, find out if there was anything happening at the time that they began to have difficulty. And so we asked, when did this start, and was there anything going on at that time? She said it started about seven years ago. She said, my husband left the family. But she said, it's okay now. He came back three years ago, and we're all in church together now. Well, that threw me off just a little bit. But she went on to say that after he left, she had become diabetic. She had developed glaucoma, and she had developed high blood pressure. So began praying with her, this time with an understanding of what was going on. And um, at, afterwards, you know, after praying just a little bit, we had been instructed, check and see if there's any improvement. Um, and so we asked, Is, has anything improved? She looked at his name card and she said, I can see 
a little bit less blurry. I still can't read it, but it's not as blurry. It's a little bit of improvement. We prayed more, not much improvement, and then I remembered something. I felt a prompting. And I said, by any chance, when your husband left, even though the family is restored, he's back, do you have any unforgiveness or bitterness about all that happened with your husband? Is there any bitterness with him left? And is there any unforgiveness or bitterness with family, friends, or neighbors that didn't stand with you when you were in such a hard time? She said, yes. So we said, take some time and release and forgive. So she did that for a little bit. And then we prayed again. That time when she looked at his card, she said, I can read some of it. At the end of our praying with her, she said she was feeling a strong coldness where a pancreas would be. I didn't know at the time that that was a sign of healing. I thought it was only heat that a person might feel, or more of an electrical kind of feeling if they felt anything at all. But I later learned, oh no, coldness is another way that you may uh, experience a physical healing taking place. And it never occurred to me to get her information to be able to get back in touch with her to see what else happened. All I know is that at the end there, she looked at his card. She could read almost all of it, which I couldn't read any of it without glasses. <laughs> and she said, I'm 70% better. From what I can tell, I'm 70% better. We couldn't count it as a healing because she had to be 80% better or more <laughs> for it to be counted as a healing, according to the way they were doing their numbers. <laughs> but I was quite pleased that she had that kind of improvement. And it was so sweet because about that time, her daughter came back to where she was. Her daughter looked to be in her mid-twenties. And the mom sprang up, tears pouring down, telling her daughter in Portuguese what was going on. The daughter crying. The daughter's friend crying. And I'm like, I think something's happened here. <laughs> so that was one of those special moments. And then there were some moments that really stretched me in ways I hadn't been stretched before. You may not be familiar with something called the word of knowledge. I have experienced getting a word of knowledge. I've had that happen at the office when I've prayed with people. Not very often. And normally, it's a fairly clear impression inside of me. Like um, one of the more recent times that it happened, I felt like the Lord said to me, uh, with a particular lady, um, she's going to be pregnant the next time she comes in. And um, she wanted to be pregnant, but that hadn't been happening. And I just felt like the Lord said, she's going to be pregnant, she's going to have a little girl. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I said nothing to her, uh, because it, I, didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I was supposed to. But that's exactly what happened. I never told her that she was going to have a girl until after it was confirmed on ultrasound that she was going to be having a little girl. So I, I had experienced moments like that uh, for years of occasionally, once in a while, not often, having some clear impression from God. But the stretching in this situation was they had prayed for the people on the team 
to have words of knowledge for healing. And um, one particular uh, day, one of the speakers who was on our particular bus had said, now, when I minister today, at the end of the message, I'm calling all of you up, and you're going to give words of knowledge. And I thought, well, great. Hopefully I'll have something. And if not, we'll have to pass me by. Well, it didn't happen that day. The, the service went completely different than he was expecting, and we didn't get called up. But that night, once we got to the church, I stepped out and went to the bathroom. And when I went to the bathroom, all of a sudden my jaw was giving me a fit. And every once in a rare while, I've had my jaw lock up. And it is not a pleasant experience. And I thought to myself, oh dear God, not here, not now. I go back into the service and all of a sudden it occurred to me, huh, I wonder if this is a word of knowledge. Because one of the ways they explain that often in a healing ministry, a word of knowledge comes is you experience something in your own body that has to do with the healing of what God wants to do with someone in the audience. So I asked one of the pastors on the team uh, that seemed to be very knowledgeable of things like that, and she said, oh yes, that may be a word of knowledge. Well, then it lifted, and it was gone, and I was like, okay, good, glad that's gone. We didn't have to do anything. The next morning, all of a sudden, they call us up and say, okay, each of you are going to give a word of knowledge. I thought, well, um, when the microphone got to me, there wasn't anything I had except what had happened the night before. And I thought, well, I guess it's okay to get it wrong. They said it's okay to make mistakes. So I just gave that. Afterwards, when they said, okay, if there's anybody in the audience that that word was for you, and there were you know, a number of us up on the stage that said different things. And all of a sudden, this young woman comes up to me. I have a translator, and through the translator, she says, that's me, pray for my jaw. And so I did. And when I prayed the first time, she was better. I prayed again. She was even better. I prayed one more time, and then she said, the pain's gone. I'm fine. My jaw is healed. I was like, wow. After that, I think it was the next night, all of it sort of run together, again, different speaker, different church, and this speaker says, you all are going to come up and give a word of knowledge. And I'm like, I don't have anything. You know, this is really scary when you're on the spot like that, and you're on the stage with, these churches were 500 to 2,000 people. So, I go, okay, is there anything going on in my body? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, I've had fibromyalgia for years, always hurt. <laughs> but I know my calves are really hurting. They don't normally hurt this much. They're really hurting. Okay. So when the microphone comes up, I don't know if it's the Lord for sure or not, but I just go... Pain in the calves. And we're supposed to take five seconds. We're not supposed to go into any details or anything of that sort. You just call out the specific. And sure enough, at the end, at the end, when they told people to come and be prayed for, 
and to go to the person that had spoken out a word if it applied to them, sure enough, another young woman comes up to me, different church, different time, and says, that's me. I have great pain in the calves of my legs. Please pray. And again, three times of prayer, she's completely healed. All the pain is gone. Third situation, there were only three times that we were called up to give a word of knowledge. But the third situation, same thing. I have nothing. It's okay to make a mistake. I have two experiences where just pay attention to your body. Not how I've ever experienced word of knowledge before, but I've never been in this kind of situation before. And the third time, I check, and I start noticing I'm really hurting in my right shin and above the shin. So, I just say that. And again, someone comes up to me and says, that's me. And through the translator explains more about it. And again, the same process. <coughs> praying, they're checking, moving it, checking, praying three times and complete healing, pain all gone. I didn't experience the mighty miracles that some people did there because there were some blockages in me that needed to be dealt with. But I want to share with you one of the mighty miracles that was very touching. We traveled on buses to the locations, and you went with the same people once you were with a particular group of people on a bus. That was your group for the week. And on this particular bus, the first day, <clears throat> there was a guy in his late 30s who was an auctioneer in the D.C. area. And he saw a, a billboard about a, um, um, a concert that was going to take place in Brazil. And he made fun of the person because he sort of saw them as a has-been. This lady, who was a pastor with her husband of a church in Miami, turned to him and just very um, wonderfully gave a little history about this particular man. Her son and his son had been on a soccer team together in Miami. And the guy apparently had gotten addicted to drugs and it had a fall and it had restoration. And, and she gave a very nice way of, of helping him kind of see there was more to the story. But I was offended with the way that he had um, spoken about this person, even though I'd never heard of them, knew nothing about them. But apparently it had been a Christian artist. And so he made a bad impression with me. Well, that was the morning. That night, as we're coming back from the church we'd been at uh, that night, on each of the buses they had a microphone set up at the front, and when we would come back from a meeting, they would ask people if they had an uh, experience they wanted to share of something God had done to come up and share it. Well, he got up to share something that had happened at the church, that evening when he had prayed with someone. Now, this is you know, a guy that sort of comes across to me at least as sort of this cocky auctioneer guy. <laughs> and um, he got up and he immediately started weeping, just sobbing. And he said, 
I've never had anything like this happen before. He said, I've seen things before, but I've never had anything like this happen. He said, at the end of the service, when people came up for prayer, a woman came up that explained through the translator that she had a cancerous growth here on her throat, and there was a very large lump here. He said, I put my hand on the lump and started praying, and it shrank. We stopped. We did the things we'd been instructed to do. He said, I placed my hand there again and prayed. It shrank more. He said, the third time, there was no sign of it. It was gone. One of the things that I've learned is I've been on this six-year journey, and as I was there in Brazil, and as I <coughs> continued to read and try to understand, is that learning how to walk in the Spirit, learning how to partner with the Holy Spirit, is a journey. It's like taking the promised land. It's not a, a simple thing. It's simple, but it's not simple. It's as simple as being able to speak out a word when you're a little perplexed yourself as to did my jaw hurting in the bathroom have anything to do with somebody here tonight? (laughs) But it's also complicated because there's a lot that takes place in the body of Christ that's very heartbreaking. There are falls, there are failures, there's phoniness, there's fakeness. There's backsliding. There's all kinds of different things that take place that are bewildering, that can harden our hearts or cause us to become discouraged. But there's also the wonder and the incredibleness of what God does to those that are faithful, that persevere. One of the things that I saw with Randy Clark, the leader of this ministry, is that he has persevered. I think he would certainly, I don't think he's ever had any kind of a fall or anything of that sort at all. But he would certainly say that when these things first started happening in his life, that he hardly knew how to steward it. He hardly knew what to do. It was easy to make mistakes because there's so much to learn, to grow, to understand. And yet, I think he's made something like 111 trips to a Brazil alone. And uh, it's not an easy trip. It takes a while to get there and a while to get back. And there, because there's such a revival going on, and the people are so much people of faith, an incredible partnership can take place where you see what God wants, not just for here, but for China, for Korea, for Russia, for the U.S., for Canada. You know, I deal with broken lives all the time. I want to see the work of God in my life such that when I pray with somebody, there's more of God taking place and less of me taking place. I want to see that for this church. I don't want to see us just knowledgeable of Scripture, as wonderful as that is, and knowledgeable of doctrine, as wonderful as that is. But I want us going beyond that. I want us laying hold of the living God. I want us to know the Holy Spirit. He's a person. 
you know, I feel like I know Jesus a little. I feel like I know the Father a little. But I, I want to know the Holy Spirit more. I want to know how, how to partner with them. How to see what he's seeing. And I know that one of the keys is to feel his compassion. To feel his love. To feel his heart. Because when we're led by his heart, it's not the same as being led by mine or yours. It's entirely different. And partnership, oneness with him, what an amazing, beautiful thing that is. The second or the third day there, one of the speakers, uh, it was one of my favorites, he was, there, there, there were so many people there that just were so amazing, but um, he shared just a little bit about what to expect that day at the church we were going to. And then he said, I have a song I want to play for you. I don't know if that song will touch you. It tore me to pieces. And I'm, I'm going to have Randy start it in just a moment. But rather than our doing our usual thing of being passive, I'd like for each of you to just move into a place of prayer, of seeking the Lord for what He wants for the next chapter of your life. You know, one of the reasons this song tears me up is I've had most of my Christian walk. There's not as much ahead of me as there is behind me. But you know, God is not a God of age. He's a God of today. He's a God of a new time, a new chapter. And so, although there's a lot that I'd like to have been different, there's a lot that I want to see in the new chapter. So, Randy, if you'll start that song. I remember when I was young And your voice shouting loud my name And since that moment I haven't heard it quite that way Well now that I'm older Could you say it again? I remember I was afraid And all the hand I felt lead the way And for the first time in my life I felt Oh God, now that I'm older, would you lead me again? Remember when I was blind And then your love 
known it from the start And there's no space between The heaven and my heart
say if you ask he will do it I hear the Lord say if you ask he will do it he's not wanting to hide or wanting any distance if there ever was distance it's because we ran and hide so I hear tonight there's a fresh star And it's only the beginning. I hear tonight there's a fresh star. Just lift your hands and receive it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a fresh star. And it's right here, right now fresh star and it's right here right now a fresh star I prophesy it's right here right now you don't have to beg you don't have to beg for it he wants to give it to you anyway so I declare there's a fresh star and it's right here right now there's a fresh star and it's right here, right now. Oh my, there's a fresh start. And it's right here, right now. Yeah. When the storms, when the storms are on the ocean, and the violent wind gets to blow, and oh, take me back. Back all the way back, or oh, take me back to my first love. Greg, would you close your eyes? Oh, I just remember those first days when everything changed. And all of a sudden, Lord, it, it was like the, the things that were important before were not important at all. And everything was you. And Lord, that's what we, all of us want now. That's what I want now. I want everything to be you. So Lord, just fill us up. Fill us up with your presence, with the knowledge of 
the God who is, the God who is now. Lord, it's all in your hands, and uh, Lord, we just love you. Help us, Lord. Help us to recover, to restore, and to be reconciled with you, Lord. And to just uh, have you lead and guide and hold us. Lord, we bless your name. And we thank you for your son that you sent and who came willingly to take our sins and just make the way open to you and for the Spirit. The Spirit who teaches us and draws us ever closer to the Son who is the way to the Father. Thank you, Lord.